Welcome to the broadcast tonight. Good to be with you live, of course, on Sunday nights. I was talking to my producer this afternoon, and um, I think I'm going to just go live pretty much every Sunday night. There might be one Sunday night during the holidays that I'm going to skip because I'm traveling. But otherwise, um, I think we might skip having a guest uh, on a couple of those nights, but I'll still be here for you. Uh, I know for, you know, it's, it's tough for a lot of people, especially if you're locked in right now, if your favorite shows end up going on hiatus, it's, it's tough. I mean, what are you going to do with yourself? You're locked in the house and there's not much to do. You can only do so much reading. Uh, I found it interesting last night. We were coming home from a party from some friends that live near the beach and I must have seen, I'm not kidding, 30 or 40 different people jogging uh, on the sidewalk uh, along A1A uh, in, it, at night. And they, had, they were all lit up with their uh, night jogging lights and all that. I almost thought it was some kind of special night 5K that was going on or something. There was so many people. But I think people are just going crazy right now. Even here in Florida, where we're not locked down. Uh, people are frustrated uh, with, you know, or have to wear the mask in most places still. Um, a lot of our events have been canceled. A lot of the, you know, annual Christmas gatherings have been canceled. So it, it's just it's just kind of like a cloud, right? A cloud hanging over all of us. All right. Tonight, a great show lined up for you. Uh, Derek Gilbert will be here. Uh, of course, a, a great speaker and teacher and author on the topic of Bible prophecy. He has a new book out titled Giants, Gods, and Dragons, Exposing the Fallen Realm and the Plot to Ignite the Final War of the Ages. It'll be fun to have Derek Gilbert here at 930 and if just a few minutes to talk about his new book, but also talk about you know everything that's happening right now. The disputed election, Bible prophecy, developments in the Middle East, a lot to talk to with Derek Gilbert tonight at 930. And then next week, don't miss it, Cheryl Atkinson will be back with us. I believe this is her third visit. She has another great book out. It's titled Slanted, and it's all about really what we've been talking about on this show now for months, which is the end of the free media. Uh, the fact that, that most of our media sources now are completely slanted. Uh, even, you know, the one-time fair and balanced Fox News is pretty much gone with the wind as well. So uh, tough times. I mean, and that's why shows like this, shows like Dan Bongino and other shows, alternative media is becoming so popular because people just cannot trust the so-called mainstream media anymore. Cheryl Atkinson, of course, formerly with CBS. Uh, she's now got a great Sunday morning uh, program that she does. Uh, she'll be here to talk about her book, Slanted. That's next Sunday night during our guest segment. I want to let everybody know that for the next four days, 
you can get uh, several of my books for free on Amazon. Now, I do this two or three times a year. I thought it would be nice to do it with Christmas and all that coming up. And I know a lot of you are locked in and you're looking for things to do. So uh, four of my books, actually five of my books are available for the next four days. And how it works is if you go to Amazon, you type in my author name, which is James L. Paris. You'll see a list of my books, and then you'll see the ones that are free. Now, these are the Kindle versions, but it's important for you to know that you don't need a Kindle device to read Kindle books. This is still one of the biggest misunderstandings people have about Kindle books. Kindle books, yes, can be read on the Kindle device. That's, you know, obviously, you know, why they're called Kindle books. But you can read a Kindle book on any computer, laptop, desktop, if you have a tablet, you know, an iPad, even on your smartphone, you can read these Kindle books. So the Kindle version of five of my books are that is free for the next four days over at Amazon.com. And, you know, some of my really best books, the the 90 minute uh, Bitcoin quick start, which you see over my right, my right shoulder. That book is one of the books that I'm making available for free. How to pray for a financial miracle. My story of losing everything due to the embezzlement scheme of my brother, how I planned out my own suicide and how God saved me. That book has sold thousands and thousands of copies. That book is available for free as one of the books. Also a book I wrote about the JFK assassination, a book I wrote about the scam years ago, Profitable Sunrise. That book is available. A book I wrote on credit scoring, how to fix your credit and, and boost your score in 60 days. Um, that book is available. So check it all out. Those books are free for the next four days on Amazon. Okay, so tonight's sponsor, we continue to do the show commercial free. And I really need you to help me out because I'm telling you, times are getting to be tough. Uh, really tough. Uh, people are just people don't have money. And I'm going to get into that in the show tonight. Some shocking, shocking news about how tight it is for people. Now, I know for a lot of people right now, end of the year, you're looking at the new year coming up. You're making some resolutions about losing weight, about health. One of those resolutions that many of you will make is you want to start a new business a part-time business, an online business. And let me tell you what I'm doing. After many years, uh, I, I did teach the online business course. I believe it was from 2008 to 2015. We literally had thousands and thousands of students all over the world that uh, took the course. And uh, we decided to end it. It was just sort of, you know, time the time had come. I was really kind of burned out on teaching it after seven years. So I discontinued it in 2015, and all those years, the last five years, people are begging me to start it back up again. So what I did was I, I decided to do that, but this is a little bit different. This time around, I'm doing almost entirely all of the teaching myself, and what I'm focusing in on is not just in general how to make money online, but what I'm doing is I'm focusing in on sharing with you exactly what I'm doing to make my full-time living online. Now, I did that before to some extent, but this is like a laser focus where I'm actually taking you behind the scenes to show you what I'm actually doing. Now, check it out tonight. Uh, there's a lot of uh, free info you can look at. There's three lessons there that are free. There's also a $17 test drive, a lot for you to look at. It's my online Business Coaching Program tonight sponsor, Vars 
Training.com. That's V like in Victor. A R S Training.com. VARS Training.com. Tonight's sponsor. All right. So, a lot in the news tonight. Maybe one of our top stories is uh, the president's attorney, former New York City Mayor, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, uh, has tested positive for COVID 19, and he apparently is hospitalized in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, of course, he is up in age, so we've got to be worried a little bit and and pray for him and, and hope that he comes through that. Uh, of course, a lot of things going on right now with the litigation surrounding the disputed election and uh, not sure to what degree he'll be sidelined, but he does have a, a number of, of great attorneys working with him, so I don't think that will affect things. On that topic... It was interesting uh, to learn this week. I, I did not know this. I kept hearing the media talking about December 14th, that there is a deadline of December 14th by which the electors from each state must uh, you know, submit their, their electoral votes uh, to the Congress. Um, this is not the case constitutionally. This is sort of a... A tradition, I guess, but there is nothing in the Constitution that says it has to be December 14th. The only date is January 20th, which is the date that the new president is sworn in. That being said, this might give us more time here uh, for this to all be worked out, because after all, December 14th, we're only talking about eight days from now. So we're talking about a week from tomorrow. So tomorrow is Monday. (laughs) We're doing this on Sunday night. A week from tomorrow is December 14th. So hopefully um, that time frame is not going to be strictly adhered to, at least especially in the uh, disputed states where there seems to be a lot percolating and a lot going on. Um, I personally, everybody's asking me, I'm getting emails, questions over Facebook. You know, Jim, what do you think is going to happen? I personally think a lot more is potentially going to happen before this whole thing is over. Uh, I found it interesting the last two or three days, some of the news um, radio stations that I listen to have started to report some of this election fraud. It's sort of been a news blackout, and if you hear anything about it, you hear there is no evidence, or at least there's no widespread evidence of any election fraud. Well, we're starting to now hear stories, and the one that that really kind of caught people's attention was this bombshell video, uh, which which was from Atlanta in the State Farm Arena, where apparently, and this was being questioned right from the beginning, apparently there was some type of a water main pipe that supposedly broke. And as a result of this broken pipe, the building had to be evacuated and they had to stop counting votes and told everyone to go home and come back the next morning. Supposedly that was the story. But then after the fact, people started investigating this water main break. And it turns out there's really no evidence of a water main break. And it turns out there was really no reason to evacuate uh, this State Farm Arena. And in fact, it wasn't evacuated because on the closed circuit television, which just was really brilliant, I think, for uh, Trump's lawyers to get 
the footage. Because, you know, in this day and age, everything is now on videotape, especially a big arena like that. So these are the closed-circuit television, like the, the security cameras. Uh, and those security cameras will be set up and will uh, record 24-7 what's happening in a facility like that. So what they catch on closed-circuit camera is pretty much everybody leaving, but apparently there was a handful of people, four or five people that stayed behind. And one of the first things they did when everybody left is the allegation is they pulled out these giant, they look like suitcases. So they were called, a lot of the people reporting this said there were hidden suitcases, several of them, underneath uh, a couple of the tables. And these suitcases were taken out and were opened up and it appeared that there were thousands upon thousands of ballots in these suitcases and that these ballots were then run through the ballot counting machine. So this is what's being picked up on the closed circuit television. And um, this is sort of uh, the one, so far at least, the one incident that really is a smoking gun that no one can deny. Uh, they, you can't deny what you're seeing here. I think there's a lot more evidence, of course, you know what, almost a thousand affidavits, uh, we know that in in many of the critical, uh, you know, areas in these swing states, the poll watchers were absolutely by force refused entrance to be able to do their jobs, which, in my view, should invalidate all of the votes at all of those locations. I mean, that's really all you need to know. I mean, if the rules are that there has to be transparency and you have to have poll watchers and those poll watchers are not allowed in which we now know happened in, in many, many of these cities in these uh, swing states. I mean, in my view, those all of those votes should be thrown out in those areas because that's just, that's fraud. I mean, it, it's just evidence on its face of fraud when there wasn't the normal procedure of having the, you know, both sides uh, being able to watch the ballot counting. But there's a lot of evidence, but this one particular video... Uh, has gone viral and it's hard to explain and you know in these swing states uh, the the margin of victory was pretty narrow right you know 10 11 12,000 votes something like that in Georgia and so when you have people staying behind after a you know alleged water main uh you know problem there was a, a pipe that broke supposedly, but there was no evidence of any flooding or uh, in fact, somebody even did a freedom of information request to try to to get the information on what pipe broke and, and, and who fixed it and, and all of that. There is no record of anything. So it sounds like somebody made up a story and that this was planned out. And uh, it really is a shame because when you think of America, the one thing that makes us different is free and fair, honest elections. And sure, we've had, you know, historical examples. I think it's, you know, pretty much well accepted that uh, Kennedy got a lot of help from <laughs> dead people voting in Chicago back in the 1960s. We know there's always been, a, you know, a little bit of stuff going on here and there, a little bit of chicanery, as Joe Biden would say. Uh, but this seems just over the top brazen and and widespread doesn't even describe i believe what happened here and i guess we just you know continue to pray and put it in god's hand if god if god wants trump to be president again it's going to work out 
And I've just got to have faith in that. I know everybody's upset, including me. It's causing a lot of anxiety for people. But we've just got to have that faith and uh, pray for these lawyers and and really pray for truth, pray for the truth to come out. Um, I saw this story today, and it really concerned me. Uh, Not that my wife and I plan to have any more children, uh, but we do have adult children that I hope will procreate, and someday I'll be a grandparent. This story from Zero Hedge, an ex-Pfizer executive demands that the European Union halt the COVID-19 vaccine over the possibility of indefinite infertility and other health concerns. Now, I don't want to spread any fake news about these vaccines, but I've been doing a lot of reading about these vaccines. And, and the first thing that disturbed me was I've been hearing that a lot of the health workers who are going to be offered the vaccine first, we're hearing that a lot of them don't want it. It's like, well, thank you for putting me first in line, but I don't want to be uh, Frankenstein's monster. I don't want to be the one that they're experimenting on. And it is obviously true that these vaccines uh, came out very quickly, which is kind of the double-edged sword, right? We need it. We need the vaccine quickly, but at the same time, you know, it didn't go through the same years of testing that typically a vaccine does. So a lot of people are concerned about this. And one of the things that I'm I'm really wondering about is how many people in the end are going to take the vaccine. I don't know. My wife seems pretty adamant that she doesn't want to take it. I'm a little bit more open-minded to it. But but one of the things you'll read is one of the three vaccines works more like a traditional flu vaccine. That is, you're injected with a tiny amount of the virus, which then allows your body to do what its natural function is, which is to create uh, an antibody by reacting to this tiny amount of the virus, very similar to what happens with the flu vaccine. However, one of the uh, vaccines, it I believe it uses, uh, the term I believe is RNA, and it's, it's actually like the way it was described in this article was it was kind of like injecting your body with a software program. And it, it tells your body to go ahead and create these proteins and, and these antibodies um, against COVID. And some people are worried that, uh, you know, that's could that change my DNA? Could that do something else? I don't know. I mean... I'm not against medical technology. I I think it's wonderful, the medical technology that we have access to. But at the same time, you know, it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first incident of unintended consequences. And what it what makes things even more scary is when you start to read what the establishment is already doing to, quote unquote, create. they're, They're calling these encouragements, quote unquote to take the vaccine. And, and I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic. That was the headline I read uh, earlier this week in, in Zero Hedge. And these quote-unquote um, encouragements are going to be things like a an official government card that says you've taken the vaccine. Without that card, you're not going to be allowed to go to events. You're not going to be allowed to go see your favorite artist in concert. You're not going to be allowed to get on an airplane. You're probably not going to get to go into Disney World or stay at any big hotels. 
Um, you might even, you know, run up against a problem, you know, going into the grocery store or even where you work. They might say you can't come back to work without the COVID-19 vaccine card. And this is scary because what does this sound like to us Christians? It sounds like the mark of the beast to me. I'm not saying that COVID is the mark of the beast. What I'm saying is this idea of you do you take this thing. In this case, it's a vaccine or we're going to restrict your movement. I mean, what does that sound like to you? It sounds like to me, the mark of the beast. Maybe it's a precursor to the mark of the beast. I'm going to ask Derek Gilbert about that tonight when he's with us in about nine minutes, what what his thoughts are uh, about this. Because, you know, you got to think to yourself, maybe I don't want to take the vaccine. What if some people have like pre-existing medical issues where maybe taking the vaccine could cause some severe problem for them? Will there be any allowance for someone to not? I mean, it doesn't seem like they're allowing people who can't wear masks to move around. Um, Some people have a medical reason they can't wear a mask, uh, should be allowed to still come into a grocery store. But a lot of places are saying no. Uh, Even the airlines are saying, we don't care. You can't fly without the mask. Even if you've got a medical reason, you've got COPD or asthma or some reason you can't wear the mask, we don't care. You just don't get on our flight. That's pretty much what they're doing. Uh, what else here? Oh, this story. Oh, this this story. Oh, man, I'm telling you, this this has got me upset. It's got me worried, just like I talked about during last week's show. This is from Zero Hedge. 82% of Americans say they, they can't afford a $500 emergency thanks to COVID-19. Now, you've probably over the years seen these stories where... The average person doesn't even have $1,000 in savings, which is sad. But now this survey that was done, 82% of Americans say they can't afford $500 if they had an emergency. Wow. That, That is just shocking to me. Absolutely shocking. And in light of that, Um, you know, people aren't getting any more stimulus checks. They kept saying, oh, more stimulus money's coming. You'll get another, you know, $1,200 per, you know, person and $500 per kid and all that. That never happened. We got the, the one stimulus and that's it. And supposedly another one is coming, but they're not talking about money coming out to individuals that I've heard of. Um, maybe another stimulus will come out before the end of the year. I just don't know. But, uh, that is scary stuff. And then, you know, on top of it, these states are just cranking up these lockdowns. California, statewide lockdown. Illinois, statewide lockdown. Uh, it's just on and on. And, and I mean, I don't know how we get out of this. I mean, we've got, as I talked about last week, millions of people that haven't made a mortgage payment or a rent payment since March. How do you unwind that? And they're looking at extending these moratoriums on rent and mortgage, you know, for a few more months which I guess is is good for the people in these homes. But what about the investors that own these properties? What about the mortgage companies that are supposedly holding mortgages on these properties? How do you how do you unwind that? How does somebody, you know, reset that mortgage and and go forward? I, I don't know. I don't know how it's worked out. Michael Flynn, of course, who recently got the presidential pardon. Um, interesting story I read today. This was in the Western Journal. Michael Flynn 
says, quote, I must have put the fear of God into Barack Obama. Now, basically what he's been saying, and he says in this article, and he's now doing some interviews, there was a great interview with Dan Bongino. You can find that at Dan, Dan Bongino's podcast. But what he's saying is, look, I served uh, with Barack Obama in two administrations. Uh, he was three decades uh, in the military. The guy has a you know crystal clear, clean background and record why was obama so intent on focusing on him when he had that meeting with trump when trump had been elected they had the two presidents met one of the things obama brings up is flynn you've got to get rid of flynn and then of course there's this this whole prosecution uh of of flynn which turns out to be based on nothing well michael flynn says Obama was really afraid of me, and he says basically he knows a lot. He knows a lot, and when the time comes, he's going to tell that, uh, tell what he knows. Uh, I've never met General Flynn. I think what happened to him is a travesty from everything I've seen. Lifelong, uh, you know, military uh, man, um, served under Obama twice, two administrations. Uh, seems like the guy was targeted for some reason. But I guess I'm wondering, what's he waiting for? He got the pardon. And if he's if he's got some kind of inside information about some terrible things that were done by Obama, maybe he's got to get clearance uh, because maybe there's top secret issues that he has to get cleared before he can speak publicly. I hope he speaks publicly soon because I would love to hear what his what his you know smoking gun information is because it does make sense right why would they target him why would obama focus on this one guy uh and why is this judge unwilling to let the case go when the justice department that was prosecuting him dropped the charges but they won't let the case end so then trump has to step in and do a pardon. I don't know. Something is rotten in Denmark about that. I, I sure hope General Flynn comes out soon with whatever information that he has. Uh, th this is another one that bothers me. This is from Zero Hedge as well. A lot of stories tonight from Zero Hedge. Uh, get this. For the first time, uh, the states are going, I guess one state in particular, but several states are looking at doing this. They're going to require disclosure of what they're calling the PCR cycle threshold data in the COVID-19 testing. Now, let me break this down for you and explain this to you. What's happening is over time, so when we first started testing, there was a certain amount of testing that we could do of COVID-19. So what's happened is over time, the testing has um, become more and more thorough to the point that it's producing false positives to the point that it, even if somebody has the tiniest, tiniest trace of COVID-19, it's going to signal a positive. This has to do with this process called PCR cycle threshold. So, you know, think of it like this. Basically, it's like turning up the sensitivity level on the test to the point that almost everybody's getting a positive now. And so what I'm wondering is why hasn't this been looked at before? I'm no scientist. I'm no medical expert. But if the testing has now changed 
And the testing has now become, they've changed the threshold so that it's super, super sensitive. And this is now causing there to be more positives. Why isn't it this uniform across the country? Why isn't this uniform? And I'm not one, I, you know, I don't want to jump out here and say COVID isn't real. COVID is a conspiracy. It's made up. I'm, I'm not saying that. I know it's real. I know people that have been sick from it. I know people that have died from it. So I'm not going there. But I am saying, you know, something so important. It's like we're all living our lives now based on these tests, right? Whether our state gets shut down or not, whether we've got to wear the masks, whether the schools get closed or not. Why would there be this? I don't know, almost like a an inclination uh, towards trying to get more positive tests. Why would they be monkeying around with the threshold or the sensitivity level of these testing um, systems to where they're going to get more positives? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the, the answer there is follow the money. There's a lot of money to be made um, in all of this. And, you know, I'm not saying COVID isn't real, but I am saying that I think within this world of COVID, I think that there's a, a reason. There's a reason to have more cases. If you are a state looking for money, if you're a medical system looking for money, I don't know. Uh, but I thought this was fascinating that they would, you know, have made this change and that there is no uniform standard across the board for these tests, which there should be. Because if we're going to be reporting all these numbers nationally and talking about, oh, X number of new cases today, records hit, blah, blah, blah. And, but there's no uniformity in what that means. It makes no sense to me. And then we'll close it out with this. Um, I threw this up on my Facebook last week. I'm curious, email me and let me know what you think about this. Do you think Trump should pardon Snowden, and or Assange. Those are two pardons that are sort of just hanging out there, just hanging out there waiting to see what happens. And there's thoughts that maybe, in particular, Assange may have some great information to trade for a pardon. And who knows, maybe Edward Snowden as well. Uh, it, Edward Snowden is, is an interesting guy because, uh, you know, probably half my followers think he's a hero. And half my followers think that he should have been prosecuted and, you know, being run out of the country and having to live in Russia is what he deserves. So there is no real consistent view on that. However, with Julian Assange, it's not it's almost 100 percent. My, you know, readers, my followers think he should be pardoned. But uh, that'll be interesting to see, you know, as the uh, days here, uh, you know, roll ahead towards the end of the year. You know, a lot of times these pardons come around Christmas. All right, we'll take a one-minute break. We'll refire the open. Super excited to have him back with us. Derek Gilbert is here to talk about his new book, Bible Prophecy, everything that's happening in the news. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. <laughs> 